Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. We're always ready for some football. Saturday nights, too. Uh, Brett Jones is this right now. Uh, former uh, tight end for the Super Bowl-winning San Francisco 49ers. Um, and uh, glad to have you on the show, uh, uh, Brent. Um, uh, we, we can talk about last night's game later. Or not, or the, or the, the outfits last night. I mean, Jesus, uniforms, I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, which was just painful. Um, but uh, I'm really curious about your involvement in this sports ETF, as if we don't have enough ETFs. Um, explain to me what FANS, ticker FANZ, is. Well, Corey, it's a great point, as if we don't have enough ETFs as it is. But uh, a, a couple of guys came to me uh, a year, year and a half ago. A couple of sharp guys in the Bay Area, Jim Cozumore, who's been involved in sports, and Nick Fullerton for years and years, and a couple of guys I respect, and they said, hey, we need a sports ETF. And I go, yeah, we do, but how are we going to do that? And so, really, the the origination of fans is really creating the first ETF that allows investors and sports fans to really focus and participate in that financial relationship between sports leagues and their corporate partners. And and you and I both know, fr- from days of talking about just the players to the numbers uh, resonating in the headlines, it's really changed drastically over the last 10 to 20 years. And the financial side of sports has become a big component. And so we wanted to capitalize on that. So, Brent, talk to me. I'm looking at the holdings. Uh, Take-Two Interactive, Extreme Networks, Live Nation, Electronic Arts. Some of these make sense that you've got MasterCard, Cigna, McDonald's, TDM, Meritrade, Yum Brands. What's the thinking about what actually goes into this ETF? You know, Carol, really, it's it's uh, a couple different things. One, it's the broadcasting rights, and, and certainly that always catches the headlines because the dollars are significant. I think somewhere's of twenty, twenty-one billion, and, and growing by five and a half percent over the next three or four years. Um, and then also the sponsorships, which are some of the companies that you mentioned that might not always catch the headlines, but are absolutely catching eyeballs in not only traditional media, but on the social media side and in the in the stadiums themselves. So we believe that fans are made aware of the of the partnering companies, and there's been some uplift over the years in fan awareness and and the people uh, from the consumer side that create revenue that's creating some nice stock movement in in a lot of these brands and so we've tried to capture that in an etf we don't want to get too far off the reservation but we've got about 66 67 companies right now in in the holding class and we just feel that it's an obvious play there's been a lot of analytics around uh just the the total market and the in the appropriate companies to put in. So there's a lot of science that goes into this. So basically, the notion is that companies that are involved with professional sports as advertisers or, or business partners will outperform, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the market. Well, absolutely, we believe that they are some great performance. And tracking back, you know, several years versus the S and P, we've had some some nice correlations and some nice outperformance. Uh, over the years, and certainly we can't guarantee anything, but we feel really strongly just about the fact that, you know, when you're looking for for eyeballs and consumers, um, certainly at at the events themselves as well, that sports partnerships, sponsorships are the way to go in the key demographic areas. Um, Tell me a little bit about performance and what kind of tracking you guys have done, kind of back time, you know, looking at um, how you anticipate that this thing will will perform. Well, you know, it's still very early on, Carol, yeah. um, but we've done a lot of uh, 
regression testing, and right. we've done a lot over the years um, and tracking back, like I said, several years. And the correlations are, are pretty interesting when you line up the dates the sponsorships were announced or the broadcast rights and kind of the stock and, and the momentum that's, that's created in the uh, in the public companies and certainly we're looking and, and you mentioned some of the companies we're looking at large caps mostly large cap companies we wouldn't want to take the risk with smaller companies you know taking their shot for the first time mm-hmm. um, but we've gotten some great performance and so we feel it's of course it's still early on we just launched middle of July but there's a lot of great things going on and so uh, I think it's just one of those aha moments that people love sports they're attracted to sports and these leagues are doing a great job of creating revenues at the highest levels, and the reason that people keep coming back as sponsors or broadcast partners is it's, it's reflected in their revenues and in their stock prices. All right, Brent, i got to ask a football question. i got to ask a stadium question. So there's a, the, the San Francisco Chronicle or the website had a, a headline, 49ers Rams tickets selling, reselling for the price of two stadium pretzels. And to me, that says everything about the 49ers right now, including the stadium. You know, you played your entire career, four Pro Bowls, three Super Bowls, at, uh, at the can- at Candlestick, at the Stick, which was, a, which was, for the fans, could be a lousy experience unless the football game was great. Um, but the Levi, Levi Stadium experience is not a great experience, it's my, in my take, and I think a lot of fans agree with that. I wonder what your notion of, a, as a, you know, having been a player and for, maybe even speaking for the players, do, do they get a sense of that, that the fans are not as tuned in there? Well, you, you know, Corey, and, and, and you will appreciate this. Certainly, it's been a it's been a a, a rocky start to Levi Stadium. It's a one point five billion dollar massive, beautiful stadium that has the best of the best in in almost everything. I guess only Jerry Jones's uh, spectacular stadium there in Dallas outdoes us. But the, in the end, it's performance on the field. Let's face it; we live in a performance world, and the Forty ers haven't played up to their capabilities for the last three years since they've been in the building, and so the fans haven't reacted as well. In fact, I will say last night might have been the, the most noise I've heard coming from the stadium, and there was a lot to, to cheer about. It was an exciting game, but yeah, in the end, wins bring fans, and, and you know that. And I, I mean, I'm a little sensitive about being 0-3. Fortunately, Carroll's teams haven't won yet this year <laughs> either. <laughs> it's early. It's early. Brett Jones, uh, great stuff with his ETF fans, of course, former 49er pro bowler and uh, board member at Sports ETF. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.